Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel you're going to find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is going to be on there. You're going to find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts all that you can follow along with and the best part is that it's completely free they're also around 10 to 20 minutes long meaning if you're short of time you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout new workouts will go live on the channel every tuesday and thursday and they're going to be accompanied by an amazing backdrop which i'm sure you're all going to enjoy so if you want to find the channel just search elliot hasoon into youtube and you'll find it very easily and please subscribe it makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. In the latest episode of the Simply Fit podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kavul Chola. Kavul and I first spoke on the phone back in summer of 2020. There was a bit of a hunger in his voice. There was an understanding that if he could get his health and fitness in place, he would improve in all other areas of his life. And he chose to do exactly that. Kavul's journey of dropping 30 kilos had just about every up and down you could possibly think of. Yet he went from someone who hadn't really exercised in about 10 years and someone who could easily put away 10 beers on a night out to transforming his physique, his mindset, and his life. In this episode, we go through how Kavul overcame his initial skepticism to start online coaching in the first place, how Kavul was able to shift his mindset, and how this led to ultimately becoming his key to success, and how he is almost effortlessly now maintaining his health and fitness, along with much, much more. I really believe that Kavul's journey illustrates how one decision can ultimately change your life for the better. So without further ado, Kavul Chola. How are you today? Very well. I'm excited for this. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. We've had a couple of female clients come on the show and share their story, but you're the first of the males coming on. So I'm glad that you are representing the other side of the team, which probably doesn't get as much spotlight as the females. So I'm excited to bring you on and have you share your story today. Well, I'll, I'll try not to lower the average too much uh, of the podcast <laughs> quality in that case. Not at all, not at all. So I want to get started by giving the listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So just as a quick synopsis of who you are, and before we get into the health and fitness stuff, yeah, who is Kavul? Well, I'm Kavul. Um, I'm 29 years old. I work in finance. Yeah, I was born in Germany, lived in the UK, feel feel like a Brit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's me, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. I didn't know you uh, grew up in or were born in Germany. How long did you stay there? What area of Germany? Yes, uh, I was born there and then stayed there for about 10 years in Stuttgart and then uh, oh, nice. moved uh, to London when I was a 10-year-old. Yeah, I, I thought you knew that, but yeah, I guess it never came up, right? No, this is the beauty of this conversation today. We're going to get to know each other on an even deeper level. So coming into the health and fitness side of things, what did your health and fitness look like before you began the journey? Because if I'm not mistaken, you actually started... Uh, to work on your health and fitness ahead of working with us. Um, so how did it look pre you even getting going? And then in the lead up to you working with us, go through that for us. Yeah. So I think I used my work as an excuse for a long, long time. Right. So I just ate sort of rubbish food all the time. I had no self-control. I used to drink not a lot, but you know, you go out with the boys and you really go, go through the alcohol and grab a kebab at the end of the night. I'm six foot two. So it never seemed sort of like a huge problem. It's only, so if, if you'd saw me, you wouldn't say, oh, he's massively overweight or anything. So that, that was okay. But I think I knew myself that I was not in good shape at all. Couldn't do a push up, couldn't do a pull up. And um, yeah, I, I just sort of let the success at work give me an excuse for all of that for many, many years. And then, um, yeah, at, at the start of, I think it was 
2020, just before lockdown uh, started, I just thought, you know what, let me just try and be a bit better, right? And it's actually quite amazing how you can make a few changes here or there and your weight does drop quite rapidly. But yeah, that, that was the sort of, sort of background just before I, I started by myself a little bit and how that came about. So what made you make that decision to say, hey, let me just try a few things? What was the tipping point then? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think it was like New Year. Let, let me just... New Year, yes. New Year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think... Um, I measured myself and I was about 106 kg. Just said, you know what? Let me just let me just try walking a bit more. You know, let me just try. So it wasn't conscious. It was conscious, but it wasn't. I wasn't making great changes in my life. Just the small ones around the edge, and I think that's what was working. And then when lockdown really started, I was just walking a lot more. And when you're walking, you're eating a lot less, right? Because whilst you're walking, you're probably not at home feeling bored and eating. So I was able to uh-huh. lose a few kgs there. And then, uh, yeah, you, you came across uh, in my life. And yeah, like as a fluke. So, so that's, that's how that came about. Yeah, tell us about that story. Because I know that you were fairly inspired by Nimesh, who's also had a lot of success with us. So I'm keen to hear when you first saw him. Because I remember you telling me on the phone, you were like, well, you know, he's very in a very similar situation. I, you know, I known him for a while and if he could do it, then why can't I? And that was the, essentially the thought process, right? Yeah. It's very weird, right? So me and Nimesh, we went to high school together and we were good friends during high school. Like, I don't know, year nine, year 10, that, that sort of level. Right. And I hadn't spoken to him since uh, we left high school. We went different universities and yeah, I don't even think we spoke, we spoke once. And it was literally one day I'm on Instagram and he just shares his before and after pictures. And I was just like <laughs> gobsmacked. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And it's, it's just like, you need luck in life, right? So that was the first sort of luck in life. that I saw his pictures and I was like, what the hell's going on? I uh, sort of private DM'd him saying, hey, great stuff. Like, how'd you do it? He happened to be online yeah. on Instagram, sort of replied straight away. And he said, oh, I had a coach. Do you want me to refer him? Again, quite lucky that I, I just said, yeah, yeah, go on, you know? And then you called me within sort of five minutes. Again, luck that you didn't leave it until next day or something, because if you had, it would have been yeah. another story. And then it was like between me seeing Nimesh's transformation pictures to me signing up with you was like a 15 minute journey or a half an hour journey. So I kind of fell into <laughs> it very quickly. Yeah, it was just a fluke, massive fluke that I, I ever signed up with you. I want to highlight that as well, because if a lot of people will spend so much time thinking about this, uh, something that Anika shared as well, she pretty much struck why the iron was hot and you did the same. And it seems as if there's something to that in the sense that if you literally take as much action as possible within the first moment of feeling that way to actually getting, you know, making that commitment, you find that you don't think yourself out of it or talk yourself out of it, which I find that so many people do because I do end up having conversations with a lot of people who said, you know, I was thinking about doing this six months ago. I was thinking about doing this like six years ago, but they eventually managed to talk themselves out. So for anyone listening right now, who's maybe on the cusp, like, you know, like you said, you, you have to have those signs almost in life. And if you see them enough and if there's like two in one day, you've got to be like (laughs) ready to jump on it essentially. Right. Yeah. No, man. Look, it, it's definitely something I've taken on board, right? And I think the heuristic I now use is sort of that risk reward, right? What's the worst that can happen? Yes. It's like, I'll lose one month of membership with you in a bit of time, but what's the best that can happen? And since that day, I've kind of, I'm using that with everything, right? Like, what's the worst that can happen if I jump into the swimming pool versus what's the best that can, like, you, you know, and then when you contextualize it, taking risks, sometimes it's like, oh, I'll look silly for five minutes, right? But what's the best that could happen? Uh, and when yes. you think of it that way, I think the risk rewards just, yeah, just uh, just encourage uh, you striking the iron when it's hot, as, as you mentioned. That's it. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you give yourself an opportunity to continue weighing that up, I imagine the ratio then gets more skewed and more skewed because I don't think the necessarily the downsides in, like increase by any means, but your 
connection with them does. So that, like you said, jump, jumping into the pool and seeming silly seems worse and worse and worse. It doesn't get any worse, but your thought process about, oh, what's someone going to think? What are they going to say? What if I fail? And all these type of things come in. So yeah, no, I completely agree with that. So I'm glad that you've highlighted that. And there was another point you mentioned on our initial phone call as well, which was that you've seen that a lot of people who you look up to, because you are very aspirational with your career and your work, you said that they seem to be shouting about health and fitness, right? And that was something that you knew you, again, another sign that you couldn't essentially ignore, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people who tend to be successful, they they see it as um, a combined thing, right? There's a synthesis between your mind and your body. And I just thought, you know what? I'll just be really successful at work and any deficiencies in my body will be masked by how successful I'll be at work. And I've then got that excuse in my head that, yeah, okay, I've not had the body I've wanted as a, you know, when I was in my twenties, but Hey, like I've overachieved here. And then you just go throughout life and you hear very successful people talk about how they're a lot more interlinked than you can ever tell. And probably go down in a rabbit hole here if I don't stop, but that's the gist of it. Like, <laughs> your body helps your mind and your mind helps your body. And I'm just glad I'm not near my deathbed and I've had that realization. And I'm very glad, not even on your deathbed, I'm just glad I've had that realization now rather than if I was 40, 50, 60, 70. As you say, it's easy yeah. to look back, right? I wish I had the realization when I was 18. <laughs> but <laughs> it's better than nothing, right? Absolutely. And it's interesting. I think there does come a point in your life where you will almost look towards that area that you're doing really well in. And like you said, use it as a little bit of a shield and an excuse because if you are doing really well in that, it's legitimate that you aren't doing that well in other things. It's also if you take on a lot of hobbies as well. I heard uh, Chris Williamson mention this as well. He said, like, if you're play rugby and you skateboard and you do some coding and you do some singing on podcasting, you can have a pretty legitimate excuse to be really average at all of those because you've taken on so many things. So the same goes for when you lean into your expertise as well. It's like, well, you know, I don't have to have the best body because of, you know, I've got plenty of money in the bank or I'm doing well in my career. So yeah, we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but I want to come back to your journey from maybe more of a metric standpoint, because you imagine you started over a hundred kilos. You certainly didn't end there. So talk to me about when were you the heaviest and how heavy was that? And where did you end up uh, when we reached our checkpoint? Yeah, so I was at my heaviest at 106 kg for sure. And I think we, and we started at around 98 kg, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there, somewhere close to yeah, 100. Yeah, close. And I think within, I think it was seven months or so, seven, eight months, I think the leanest I got was 77 and a half kg, something like that. So I'd say mm-hmm. just over 20 kgs uh, we were able to sort of get, get rid of. and Almost actually, 30 kilos total, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think just, just under 30 kg. But I mean, it wasn't just fat. It was like a whole body co- recomposition that we did, right? So, so it was like two things. A, try and get rid of as much fat as you can. And then B, try and build a, a bit of muscle if you can too. So... And a lot of people sometimes think like you can't do both, but I, I think we were able to get get it to a good stage where we were able to do both, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think if you're deep into your health and fitness journey, you've done it for years and years and years, the rewards that you can reap from that become fairly diminishing. You're not going to get as much maybe in your fifth fat loss phase as your sixth in terms of a muscularity perspective, but in your first, especially if you're not very experienced with training as well, that just the fact that you're training in such an effective way can have such a, a such an incredible response from the body. You know, it's such a adverse stimulus that it's got to go through that regardless of the fact that you're in a calorie deficit. And to be fair, you know, in the initial stages, you might just be on maintenance calories. So there's arguments to say that you could still build some muscle. And I think if you start with that in mind, and I think a lot of people will come into the challenge that they'll end up expecting to lose muscle, to lose strength. And if they do, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy from that perspective. But if you go in with a mindset of like, okay, well, training is new to me, or if training's not new to me, I've never trained this effectively. I've never looked at things like tempo and all that type of stuff. You can definitely do the same at the same time. And I think that's definitely showed up on your physique and the photos that we've seen of you as well, right? No, I, I completely agree. Like just to give a bit more context, I hadn't like, I went to the gym 10 years ago before that, right? I mean, even when I did go, like 
I hadn't been to a gym in a decade. And when I did go, I maybe would have gone once every three weeks or so, you know, after maybe coming back from a lad's holiday or something. So, I mean, I'd really never been to the gym properly in my life. And plus, what we achieved was just for, with, a, with one pair of dumbbells and a skipping rope, right? That's all we had. So it just goes to show sort of, you don't really need much, right? Like your own body weight's more than enough and pair of dumbbells uh-huh. is, is a bonus even, right? And you don't need a gym. And I'm glad I didn't use the gym because I just wouldn't have had the time, I think. So you've just got to make it work for your lifestyle. And I'm glad I had that proof of concept. I got lucky again that it was COVID, gyms were closed. <laughs> I received my proof of concept in my head because I would have said there's no way I could have lost all of that, right, without a gym. And it's just yeah. because we were forced into that, that it gave me that proof of concept going forward as well. Honestly, it was a perspective shift for me as well. I think if you would have asked me in 2019, can I get good results at home? I'm like, you know, we'll do our best and you can do well. But quarantine proved to us all that, you know, we just weren't being resourceful enough. We were relying too much on the equipment. We were relying too much on all these things that we had at our disposal. But when we were brought back to the absolute basics and fundamentals, it proved to be more than effective. And what I love is that, like you said, you've now done it without a gym. So you're never going to feel the need to have a gym. And that is also quite liberating, I should imagine, because of it's nice to have the option of the gym, but it's also good to know that all I need is my body weight and a couple of barrel dumbbells and a skipping rope. And I can stay in shape now for years and years to come, right? Yeah, no, no, that's right. Like I'm always one of those people, like I still do not enjoy working out. You know, I see working out, like there are some people that would come on here and I'm sure they'll say, you know what? I didn't enjoy it before and now I love it. And you, you, you know, <laughs> but I'm not that sort of person. I see it like brushing my teeth, you know? It's, yes. For, for me, it's something I've got to do because the benefits outweigh all the costs. And for me, it was just great to see that a few push-ups, a few pull-ups, you don't even need pull-ups really if, if you don't have that, but it's, it's nice if you've got that sort of setup at home, just sort of a bar, some squats. Like there are only five or six things you need to do maybe on a daily basis, change it around every three months or so. Pretty much golden, right? And again, for me, that's great because I don't need to spend time traveling. And I know it's like the minimum effective dose is like 30 minutes, two or three times a week for me. And I'm willing to do that. And it works with my lifestyle. So I think... A lot of people have misconceptions that you need to give it sort of five days in the gym, an hour each time. And I don't think that's true at all. I think once, you re- once you're at the stage where you just want to maintain it, I think two hours is more than enough in a week. That's my yep. opinion. I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I think we were speaking off air is that if you want to make leaps and bounds in your progression from a strength perspective, or even make leaps and bounds from a muscularity perspective or any performance goals, right? Okay, you might need to commit a little bit of time, a little bit more time than a couple of hours a week. But if you just want to maintain, then yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get onto the maintenance, but I want to dive back into your journey and essentially some of the challenges you had as well, because if you've highlighted a few things here that A, you didn't like training, which is great. And you were, you hadn't done it for so many years. B, you were not used to eating the way that we started eating. And it wasn't that it was necessarily second nature to you. So it was almost like the, it wasn't like the stars aligned. It was almost like you had to do a lot of brute force work to get yourself into a position. So what were some of the biggest challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Yeah, man, look, there was so much learning during that process, right? I think the biggest challenge I had was with the nutrition. And I, I think what it was, it the, the penny really dropped because I'm a sort of mathematical and logical sort of guy. And I knew every time I was doing the right things, my weight would drop. I, I already knew that mm-hmm. going in. And every time I was doing the wrong things, I knew the weight. So nutritionally, uh, like you'd work out for an hour or two, And before you were like, okay, then I can have this burger because I've worked out for an hour. But in reality, it's like you maybe work out for an hour and you're exhausted. And like, that's the same as, I don't know, maybe just a bit more than an apple or something in terms of just pure calories. (laughs) So uh, training is just a body recomposition and how you feel and it makes you sort of, you say, okay, I'm not going to have this chocolate because I've worked so hard, you, you know, for it. So I think that was one mindset shift that I had to make, that training doesn't burn as many calories as you think. And as such, the flip mm-hmm. side of the coin is, 
like 80% is nutrition. So when I'd be adherent for sort of a week and I said, look, I've probably built a calorie deficit of X calories. Is this chocolate worth 500 calories? And because I'd went through all the pain and the week's worth of pain, it just became very easy for me to say no to the chocolate because I knew exactly what that required, whereas I didn't have that perspective before. And also, once you stop snacking, before I'd maybe smash through a pack of Haribo's to get that same level of uh, satisfaction. Whereas now, because you're eating cleaner, you don't have sugar. Now an apple is like, oh my God, I don't even think I can finish an apple. Half an apple is more than enough sort of sugar for me, right? Like I'm satisfied. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, just, I'm still mind blown by how the body works. I'm still mind blown by how simple and easy it all now seems in hindsight, right? The theory, at least. It's just crazy that I didn't know this before. Yeah, it's quite easy when you uh, look back and can connect the dots. But once you're in the moment and before you even get started, it does seem like a bit of a minefield. But I think that's the beauty of it and a good thing to for people to hear you say is that once you do get into it and something I do want to touch on because one thing that I think helps a lot was a your diligence and your commitment to the process but also your growth mindset so how do you think that those things contributed to your success oh yeah like um I don't know maybe you can tell me right but I I just saw it sort of like a puzzle right I saw the mats I uh I counted my calories and I knew where my maintenance calories were. So I, I trusted the maths. I'm a logical guy. And I knew if I'm in a calorie deficit and I work out, there is like very small and narrow path in which I will not lose weight. And that feedback mm. mechanism came every day. I mean, like I, after a couple of weeks when I really got into it, I was just, it was just a straight line down. Right. And I knew, I just knew that Today, I'm in a calorie deficit or in this week, I'm in a calorie deficit. I've worked out to, I just know next week I will be at a lower weight than I was before. So, so, so that for me, that feedback mechanism really helps solidify it. And also, I just wanted to improve. I, I really, really wanted to improve, prove it, sort of prove it to myself that I could do it. And it became like a bit of an ego thing as well, like, I will do this. Watch me do this now. Like there is no turning back. So it was like a combination of like education, growth mindset, and a bit of like, I don't know, arrogance, ego. Like I just want to do this now. You know, just I really want to prove it to myself now. And it's now or never kind of thing. Was there at any point where you thought this might not happen? I might have to stay, you know, in the 90s. Or was it literally just something you ruled out as not an option? No, I knew it. I um, I think after the first two or three weeks when I started dropping the weight, I, I, I knew it. And like, I know myself as well, right? Like, I know that if I don't give it my everything, then it's fine. I might not achieve it. But once I've made that switch in my mind and I flip the switch and I've said, I'm going to do it, then I will do it, right? And I obviously fractured my toe and I was still like going on. So <laughs> it was literally like, it was the middle of December, right? And I was waking up at four in the morning, going for my runs, going for my walk. And it was cold, you know, but not at one point did I think, no, I won't do it. Like once I flicked that switch, that's it. It was, it was game time for me. Yeah, even through the holidays, right? There was Diwali that you didn't really partake in. There was Christmas, there was New Year, but you were fairly tunnel visioned in that sense at that point anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, like I partook in it. Like I, I went to my family, my mm, sort of uh, when we were allowed to meet and I, I was there with my family and stuff. But yeah, I was very strict. It wasn't a, oh, have a bite. It was like, no, I don't want a bite. Like I'm, I know what I'm doing here and I want to achieve this and I'll have all my life to eat. That's a great perspective to have. And coming back to my viewpoints on your growth mindset and how it contributes to your success, I think the biggest one for me was just the analytical perspective, both from a tangible sense in terms of the metrics that you saw like it wasn't something that you overlooked when you saw that your weight would respond after a solid week i think that at the time we had the sheets we used the spreadsheets right so you could literally see the weekly average you saw each number day to day and you were able to see that and i think it was just dawned on you that when you were diligent and when you were following the plan to a t that number came down so i think your your ability to see the analytical side of it and saying oh okay x you know x equals y equals z and like this is what i need to do here and it was a case of like well i've seen this there's and even if it did fluctuate upwards there was always 
kind of a mindset of yourself, even if you didn't have the best week, it was like, I know what I need to do this week in order to see that happen again. So I think that you did, you weren't too emotional about the scale weight fluctuations. You were able to apply a very logical approach to it. And then moving away from the tangible aspects to the more internal aspect, it was like any time that I suggested anything and my check and responses were rather long to you. They were either, you know, some 1,000, 2,000 word essays or 20, 25 minute videos. And I think it was vice versa for both of us, to be completely honest. But there wasn't a single thing within those check-ins that you would miss. And I think you adopted the idea that, okay, I know what Elliot's here for. He's here to you know, make me a success. So I should probably listen to most of the things he said, but it was almost like you went through it with a, a very, very close eye and it wasn't like you missed anything. And once you saw something, it was like, okay, let me really review that about myself. You know, has he got a point here? You know, what am I doing? Like, for example, in like certain social situations where, you know, we might've had to challenge pre-existing beliefs and everything along those lines. I think your ability to take so much accountability for your own journey and invest in it because of just to not go on a tangent here, but it's very easy for someone to start a journey and be like, I've got a coach and that's, that's it. I'm going to put everything in their hands you know, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's great. It can work for some people. And I appreciate some people don't have the headspace, but you know, when it comes to uh, maintaining this long-term, if you have a greater understanding of yourself, your pre-existing beliefs, your own body as well, like it wasn't like you just ate this food and did this workout and you got in shape, but you literally were able to connect the dots yourself. And I think this is why you're able to speak so easily about it now. And I don't think that's, uh, something that everyone's going to have because I think it was the investment that you took in your own journey. So that would be my perspective. There's probably a few other things and it was a little while ago since our check-ins, but I'm sure I could scan through them and find a few more of the points that stuck out to me there. No, no, I think, I think you're right. I, I mean, like for me, the way I saw it is like, look, so I'm a huge nerd, right? I just love, <laughs> I, I just love learning and stuff. So as soon as you build up that credibility in my mind, so I think a couple of weeks later, I was like, okay, look, this Elliot guy, I think he knows, like, I think he knows what he's talking about kind of thing. And then from there, it's like, okay, like I have this, this huge part of my life where I have very little understanding about. And I, I was literally a leech. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to suck all the information I can get out of this, this guy. You, you know? certainly did that. <laughs> yeah. And that's why like, and, and for me, it was like being very retrospective, very introspective, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to learn from you, right? And I, I, that's what I was trying to do is maximize my learning. That's what I want to, like, that is my meaning in life, right? To maximize learning. And when I saw that you were such a valuable tool, I, I was just trying to use you as much as I could for, for my own benefit, if you will. Well, thank you. And I'm glad you did. And as honestly, my, my mantra to people, when they ask me, they're like, how do I make the most out of this process? I'm like, use and abuse me. Like, the more you ask... I will give you information as quickly as it will come out of my mouth. And as long as you take it on board and I see you're receptive, then I'll probably go above and beyond and try and give you even more. And I think that was what we saw. And I actually want to touch on something quickly before we do move on is that you said, you know, you worked out that this Elliot guy kind of knew what he he was on about, but actually you were skeptical about the old, whole online PT thing initially, right? You, that's what you said, even in the uh, testimonial you sent, you were very skeptical about having an online coach. So yeah, talk to me about that process and how you got through, you know, thinking that this wouldn't even work and you didn't even know the efficacy of it. No, that's right. Like, so just for context, this is the first time me and Elliot are face to face over sort of this Zoom kind of kind of setup. So on the phone, we've spoken once and this is the second time we're speaking live to one another. So I've never met you in person. We've never had a live chat outside those two situations. So yeah. So look, this is weird, right? Like mm-hmm. th- this whole situation. But I think what it was, it's a Nimish uh, said, look, it works. I've done it. Here's, here's the result. So the proof of concept yeah. was there for me. But I didn't realize how effective it would be. Uh, so that's, that's the game changer, right? And again, I'd say for anyone that is concerned in any way, again, risk and reward, right? The worst thing is, is you'll waste a bit of time and it doesn't work, right? But imagine if it does work. Like, and I will tell you, it's changed my life. And um, I would I would really say, like, I felt like it was never transactional. Like, I, I always felt that you went above and beyond, like you've just spoken. Like, this was, I feel like this is your mission to help people. So it never felt like, oh, I get X number of emails from you per week. And, you know, and I, and I also felt like it wasn't just, 
to do with health and fitness. It was also about navigating certain other things, mental challenges, more like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't call it personal training or something. Maybe you should call it, I don't know, lifestyle coaching or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the back and forth I've had with that on that note, actually, is that a lot of people will just come for the body improvements. And if you try to sell them the idea that, you know, we're going to look at your mindset, we're going to look at your pre-existing beliefs, we're going to look at some of your trauma, people are like, they'll probably run in the other direction, right? They'll be like, just give me just just get me lean, you know, just give me the abs, give me the meal plan. But I think what is innate within me is that I do that self-discovery on myself and I can't help. And it also helps me coach as well, because if I have a client who's more self-aware, then at the end of the day, they're going to do better. So yeah, I think it's just something that I can't separate from my coaching anymore. There's a couple of people who might just want, you know, the black and white training and nutrition side of things. But I imagine that they're probably just got the other side of things uh, nailed down. But coming back to your journey as well. So obviously you lost you know, a significant amount of weight, your body recomped fantastically. And for us, there was a photo shoot on the horizon. And I'm not someone who, um, we're not a coaching service that forces us upon people. And I know a lot of people think it's part and parcel of coaching, but this was something that we kind of had a back and forth about. It was something that you wanted to do. But you actually made a decision not to do it. And I think it was for a very good reason. So you can can you share your thoughts on what made you want to do a photo shoot initially? And then what made you ultimately choose that actually I'm gonna stick with my my hand here and um I'm gonna be happy with what I've achieved. Yeah, no, like uh once I made the decision that you know I'm gonna put my heart and soul into this, I was like, okay, look, I'm gonna get a ripped six-pack abs, I'm gonna go in front of a camera, I'm gonna take pictures and I'll, you know. That's something I've done in life, and that's the proof at the end. What, what happened was um, I lost my grandfather to COVID in January of this year. And uh, just before that, a dumbbell fell on my foot, and I fractured my foot. So the first thing was fine. You know, um, I had a fractured foot, but I was like, that's not going to stop me. I'm still going to go. And okay, yeah. I won't be able to run, but I'll walk more, you know, or I, I'll get through the pain. So in hindsight, that was a bit silly. I think I think I maybe should have taken it a bit more slowly. So my grandfather passed away with COVID. And then I think it just put things into perspective in the sense that, you know what, I just wanted to be there with my family a bit more. Because when you're, when you're in this phase, you're just so in one sort of mind frame. This has to be something uh, that takes over in a way. And I think I just came to that sense where all of these things were happening. I had some exams as well that I had to do. Uh, work was quite stressful too. So I just made the call where, you know what, I'll diet, I'll, I'll diet another day, if you will. Like I felt like I had the six packs then and I was very, I don't know, something happened within me where I just had so much contentment in my journey. Uh, I proved, proved it to myself uh, that I've done it. And that sort of incremental benefit of maybe taking a few pictures wasn't worth the huge amounts of extra pain I had to go through. And I think this is very different, right? Because before I would have 100% done it. And I kind of feel proud for, of myself to know when to, like, I don't need to punish myself for no reason. And it's, it's okay to sometimes uh-huh. like say, okay, you know what, things have changed and I'm going to reassess. And I think Again, so this is one of the big things that happened during the journey. I became more empathetic. I think I became kinder. I learned so much more about myself. And I learned like life's not black or white. And it doesn't mean that once I've decided I've got to do it or you're a loser, you know, whereas that was my idea before. So there's no simple answer. It was just a lot of things happened at the same time. And I think my grandfather passing away with COVID was that final trigger where I said, you know what, I want to be there for my family and maybe. Uh, another day I'll go for the photo shoot and I might do that. Let's see. I um, remember us having that conversation. I think that that was genuinely a sign of personal growth as well, right? Because of I've been there before as well, where I've, again, brute forced my way to a goal, not because it really makes any sense anymore, but purely because I build it up so much in my mind. There's the potential back of my mind chatter telling me I'm going to yeah be a failure. I didn't follow through on what I said I was going to do, but it wasn't anything like that with you. It was almost like this sense of, I don't want to use the word maturity because I feel you're already mature, but it was almost like this sense of like, I'm aware that this part of me is here and I can come back to this, but I don't need to do it for the purpose of, because I said I did. I've already achieved a huge amount. I don't want to ruin, further ruin my relationship. Like I don't want to, because I, I don't want to end on a low, right? Because if I think that our journey together, there was obviously there was a lot of challenges, don't get me wrong, but I think 
as an overall look at the journey, there was lots of positives. It was growth. It was progress. It was a good relationship with food, a good relationship with um, training. Whereas I feel like if we pushed you to that next level at that point, it probably got to probably got, could have got to the point where you were just like very reluctant, weren't even happy and just were just looking forward to getting over and done with, right? Which I think is never a good mindset to have. You know what? Like I'm, I'm so proud for stopping where I did. I, I felt like, as you said, that was real growth for me. Like now I would have looked back and said that was such a silly decision to continue doing it. Whereas now I look back very fondly throughout the whole memory, right? And at the time, it's like Seneca says, like you suffer more in imagination than in reality. And I just thought at the time that, oh, I might not, I've said something and I've not followed through with it. But in reality, I'm just so happy not to have done it. And it's a real sense of like, I don't know, I see it as a very wise decision. I showed wisdom uh, in my head anyway, because Otherwise, I would have looked back at it and I would have really regretted it, really, really regretted it. And I, I now also know it. Here, I'm going on a tangent a little bit. But at the start, I thought getting that six pack or that eight pack and being shredded was the goal. But that's really not the goal, right? It's definitely the journey. Like what I took out, like I don't even care about the six pack or anything. It's just a journey that I went through, the learning that I had. And I again, I work in finance. I pick stocks for a living. Um, you know, uh, money is a very big thing in my career sort of looking after money and stuff so when people say money doesn't buy you happiness totally get it now like um i don't think money does buy Mm. you happiness it's like the journey right like working for it um i don't know going through that journey of accumulating it testing yourself making sure that you're pushing yourself in the right ways that's the real joy right not the end goal and it's the same with i think my, my fitness journey like just just going through the entire journey has been such life such a life-changing experience for me and and i couldn't care about the aesthetic outcomes at the end it's, it's what i've achieved sort of in my mind during that time and i'm only just learning that now after it, it finished and i had some time to really think about it yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that and it's important to have almost a materialistic and aesthetic a potentially quote-unquote superficial goal to get you started i think like i just mentioned with the trying to sell like lifestyle coaching for example i don't think people would be that keen to get going if it was just okay i'm just going to make these improvements to their life like they want the six pack i started for that reason as well and i i say this a number of times like i just wanted to not be embarrassed when I took my t-shirt off in the PE changing rooms, right? Like, and then it grew and grew from there. But then eventually, like you said, you start to recognize it's more about the person you become in pursuit of the goal versus the goal itself. So just a quick question on that. Yeah, I want to know how you got to that point. Is was it just is it just now you're really realizing that? Because if I know there's a lot of people, because especially when people say money don't buy you happiness, I know that when I didn't have that much money, I would have hated everything you said about that. So I want to hear like, you know, for someone who's potentially not got the body they want yet, who's not maybe gotten the financial position they want, how do you get to that point of focusing on the process more than the outcome. Yeah, it's so difficult, man. Like um, I can give you all the theory you want, but I think you've just got to go through it yourself. And there are some things in life that you've just got to experience yourself. So if your why at the start is, I want to get a six pack, let that be your why, you know, that was my why when I started. Um, Uh So yeah, I, I, I know the challenges of selling a package where you go, would you like to change your mindset? No one's going to sign up for that. So just have it at the back of your mind that that could happen. The mindset is the real thing. But yeah, look, pick any why you want. Maybe you just want to feel better. Maybe you're doing it for aesthetic reasons. It's fine. Just pick something, get going. And I, I can assure you, your why will change over time. And if it doesn't, look, you've got a yeah. great six pack and that's all. That's what you wanted all the time. And you've got it now. Great. You know, let that be your why. 100%. And I think that people need to... Also not be fearful of embracing their why. If it is a six pack, if it is superficial, like (laughs) most people, and I say this to a lot of people, I'm like, if you could have a six pack, you would. It's just because it requires a lot of energy, effort, or you just don't know how to do it. But if you asked anyone in the street right now, if they wanted to be in the best shape they've ever been, and they didn't have to make any effort to do it, everyone would say yes. The real reason behind it is because it requires effort, energy, and all these type of things. But if that is your goal 
lean into it because it's incredibly motivating when it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it connects with you, right? And I have a lot of people who maybe they come to me in their 30s, their 40s, and they're like, I'm doing this for my kids. You know, it's a very like grandiose, like uh, selfless gesture to my children. And yes, that might be a part of it. And that probably will come later. But actually, you just want to look better in front of your partner. You want, you know, you want to be more in shape than your colleagues. And if you try and lean into, I'm doing this for my kids, so it's just a selfless pursuit, you find that when the going gets tough, you want to quit. Whereas if you're like, damn, I want to, you know, I want to make, uh, you know, this guy in the office jealous of my six pack, like that will fire you up, you know? So you need to lean into whatever <laughs> connects with you. It doesn't matter how superficial it might be, because uh, I think that this is the part that people get wrong. And also with finances as well, like we're taught so young that money is the root of all evil, like, you know, all of this type of stuff. Whereas there's a lot of people who are motivated by money. And there's nothing wrong with that because if, let's say your motivation is money, it doesn't mean, you, you know, 25, 30 years down the line, you might want to become a philanthropist. And if you weren't motivated by money, you wouldn't be able to do anything in philanthropy apart from maybe contribute your time. But now you've got so much wealth in which you can do that with. And if you are in shape, then that might be the thing that you need to have to inspire confidence more, which I think that you gained a lot of confidence from your physique. So I want to talk about the benefits you gain outside of the physical perspective now when it comes to how you've now got this physique that you have and how it's uh, got you to go into situations that you never would before. I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm happy. So look, the first thing I'm going to say is it's hard not being in shape too, right? Like uh, living with Mm. insecurities and stuff like that. So it's like pick your poison. It's hard not being in shape and it's hard being in shape. So I I now I'm saying work hard and be a bit, you know, uh, ruthless with your food intake at the start at least. So that's my poison I'm picking. And trust me, I think the risk reward is so much better than having low mood and all of that. So yeah, on a physical side, I couldn't do a single press up, couldn't do a single push up. I can do all of that. I've done sort of tough mudders now. I I run and I I do all that sort. So aesthetically also, I feel and look better and I like that. But yeah, look, on a mental side, I feel way more confident in myself. I feel proud of myself for going through this journey. I actually like myself, you know, like not in a weird, like not in a egotistic way or something, but it's like when I'm by myself and I'm listening to music and I'm dancing, you know, in the bathroom or I don't know, whatever it is, it's like, I'm really having a good time and I'm so happy being by myself. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I just like being me, you know? And I just feel like it just gives you that, I think. Also, it's like, it sets new watermarks. So if I can do this, I can do this, you, you know, that sort of, you're setting new watermarks. You're giving yourself more pieces of evidence that, yeah, you can do hard things, right? Also, like the education side, as I said, like I'm a massive nerd. I really enjoyed that whole learning aspect, learning about myself and also about nutrition training. I've made a lot, lot of new friends like uh, that I wouldn't have made before because now, say, before if we had, say, stoicism in, in common or philosophy in common, but now I've, I've opened up the circle group where we now have football in common or bouldering in common or mm-hmm. going on tough mudders in common or participating in work events, which are more physical in nature. So I, I can speak a, a, about a lot more things. I'm more interesting and I'm making sort of a lot more friends. Right. And it's opening doors. And I feel like I think other people also on, on the fully vain side, right, like feel like a lot of other people respect you a lot more because they're like, you know what, kudos to you. Like you, you, you really done it. And yeah. And also like, again, it gives you confidence, right? If you go on a date or something like that, just because you feel a lot better with yourself rather than because of your body. I don't think people care that much, but it's about if you exude that sort of confidence, I think it's infectious in that way. So yeah, look, a lot of things, right? Confidence, physical, mental, educational, making friends, opening new doors. Yeah. Life works in non-linear ways, right? And a lot of times we map things in linear ways, but sometimes you just, as they say, like, the more I practice, the luckier I get. That's all you're trying to do, right? Yeah. I don't know. Look, I don't even know if any of that made sense, but that's my answer. I'm going with that. Lock that answer. No, it made a lot of sense to me. And um, I think the main thing that I want to highlight is that what you said is like, it's not necessarily about how other people are looking at you, but it's how you feel within your own skin, right? And I was having a conversation on the last podcast with Stuart, the breathwork expert, and um, he said that what he's doing is almost like a Trojan horse to 
create better people. And I feel the same in that as well. And we shared similarities in the sense that, you know, when you are, you know, like you said, when you feel good, when you're alone and you're by yourself and there's nobody watching, it's just like you said, you dancing to music in your bathroom. And if you feel good about yourself in that moment, and if you're getting the benefits of having high quality sleep, good nutrition training, you are going to be a better person full stop. And, you know, and if you feel that way, you are going to exude that around others and you are going to have more success on dates. People are going to want to, you know, people pick up on energy. And I think that we underestimate it because of, especially maybe people like us, we don't, you can't see this like aura, this vibrational energy, but it's so, it's intangible exactly, but it's so, you can feel it. You can see it in someone, right? And you can also see when someone's putting it on as well. So when you can see that someone's got that sense of, self-confidence, that self-assurance, that just level-headedness because they know that, you know, they're doing hard things, they're putting in the work, they've overcome so many things. You see it, you know, and I think it's been visible in you for sure as well. And I'm sure that you've had even more examples of this when you've been out and about and the way that people respond to you as well. You know, they might have, you know, 30 kilos ago, and this is not um, a thing to say that people are going to respond to people who are overweight any worse, but I think it's not about being overweight. It's about how you carry yourself. I think ultimately, if you put yourself through those hard things, if you invest in your health and well-being, both from a mental and physical perspective, and if you know yourself, you're going to show up better, right? No, I, I agree. I think like first thing, yeah, I, I completely agree. Look, I have never, ever been happier in my life than I am right now. Like that's for sure. Like it's, it's actually amazing. Like I, I really, really enjoy life uh, right now. It's, it's unbelievable. And also, like, as you say, you feel way more assured in life, right? Like with, with yourself. And what happens is like you sometimes have insecurities in life and then you overcompensate for them. And then that comes across as showing off or something. And then that reinforce, like, oh, my God, you know, that's such a bad rabbit hole to get into. And uh-huh. the more secure you are with yourself, I think like you're just more pleasant. Like you show off a lot less. And look, I've made mistakes in my life there, right? And I just think you can become a better human if you're more assured of yourself. And one way of becoming more assured with yourself is to do difficult things, right? Life is difficult. So you might as well pick those difficult things uh, and prove to yourself that you can do them over time. And you know what? You'll be better today than you were yesterday, or you'll be better today than you were a couple of weeks back. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, look, I'm happy in life is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel a lot better be, be, better in life be, be, because of this journey. And I hadn't made that connection that this would be what would start it all or this would be what, what would um, get a lot of the other things being put in place in my life. I, I really underestimate yeah. the impact this, this would have had in my life. Yeah, I think you just able to lean into your authentic self, right? Because of like you said, and I don't think this works for everyone. I'm going to just do a quick caveat here is that I know people I've spoken to before, they've had a decent transformational journey and it's not been life altering from that perspective, but for a lot of people it will be. And especially if you do take a lot of it on board from the, you know, like I said, voluntarily putting yourself in challenging positions, you know, overcoming the physical, because I think that's a really big one as well. Like for me, and I, I mentioned to this to you off air, it's that I don't, I never felt the transformational impact of, you know, of leaning into my health and fitness, because I think I was so young when I did it, but I don't underestimate the value it's brought to my life and the, through the things that I do. And also maybe with the, the lack of, uh, thought process and thinking they're as big as they are, you know, I think I just like, oh yeah, you know, and I think maybe it's just that compounding effect of them. And yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. And coming on to the point of you doing more things that make you a more well-rounded human, I think balance on the journey is probably one of the hardest things. And we spoke earlier about how we can hide behind our strengths at times. So how are you now, especially now, I know that you weren't, and I think I will make this caveat here, you weren't necessarily balancing things at the time. Work and training and nutrition were your priorities during the fat loss phase. That's correct, right? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. And then, yeah, and then carrying on to now, where you are living a more balanced approach, how are you How are you opting to do that? Look, so, some people will go ahead and they'll, I don't know, write blogs or they'll change careers or, you know, or they'll want to go into a muscle building phase. And But for me, it's not that, right? For me, my career, my relationships, my family, all of those things come first. And for health, I know the benefits. So I'm adopting a minimum effective dose 
And for that, what it means is twice a week for half an hour, I work out. I do an hour five aside per week. And, you know, I, I try and be a bit more conscious, uh, conscious of the food I'm eating, the sleep I'm getting and the stress levels that I, I've now incorporated it so much in my life that it's all second nature. So at the beginning, I bit the bullet and, you know, I had to be very conscious and now it's not. So I'm able to balance it very, very easily now. I say that now, but I mean, it doesn't take a huge amount of mental bandwidth. And look, there are at times... I do struggle, right? Like I'd say, I've had a couple of drinks. Uh, I really want that kebab. But should I do it? Should I not? Whereas before I would have just done it. So, you know, so there are times where I'm like, oh, I wish I just didn't do all of this and then didn't need to worry about all of this. So overall, it's second nature to me now. And the balance is really there. Whereas when you're going through that deficit, that is hard. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I can't sustain a, a diet forever. But I think that was also part of my motivation that uh, for me, this is just a lifestyle thing. This is now fourth or fifth in my priority list. And there are other things like work for me that just, you know, are way more important. Yeah. Two things I want to mention on that. And the first is that I really do think you have to earn the right to get to that place. And we spoke about this off air. And I think that if you opt to the absolute minimum effective dose when you're not in necessarily a good position with your health and wellness. You won't experience the same benefits as someone who's put that time and energy in. It's almost like, let's say you're trying to maintain having a clean house. If you didn't do the deep clean to start with, it's still going to be a messy house, right? Right. So I think that you need to go in and do that deep clean first. So you have to earn the right to get to that place. And that's exactly what you did. So if I can encourage anyone who's listening, thinking about their health and fitness now, don't dip your toe in the water. Like, be prepared to go all in for a certain period. Remember that's just a short phase. And then remember that outside of those six months, even if it's two, three years, the rest of your life is where you're going to be able to maintain that deep cleaned house, right? And you will get the benefits of having a clean house. It feels so good to get into it rather than just, you know, feeling like you have to always pick up things off the floor, right? So I think that's the first thing I wanted to mention. And the second is a conversation we had. And I think this is important to mention. This was one of the valuable conversations I think we had. It was a point in which I think I was asking you what sacrifices you wanted to make. And I think that we almost, on one side, we had the super social cover. And on the other side, we had the six pack. And you had to decide where you were on that scale. And I think initially you thought you wanted to be closer to that six pack side, but then what your actions eventually showed us. And then obviously the realization came for is that actually I want to be closer to the social side, but that meant you had to be a couple of kilos heavier. So can you go into that for the listeners? I think this is a really valuable take home point. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think a lot of people have preconceived sort of concepts here or misconceived concepts here where they think it's all or nothing. Whereas I'm telling you, look, just put a bit of working at the start and then you can choose what you want to do. Uh, right now, I don't know, I've not weighed myself in many, many months, but if I were to ballpark it, I'm around 85 kg, somewhere there. I'm not as lean as I was, but I'm willing to take that, right? I go out once or twice a week whenever I'm at work. I have lunch. I don't pack anything uh, from home or so. Occasionally, I'll eat with, with family or so. I'll eat home-cooked food and I wouldn't worry about it. So. That's the lifestyle that works for me. If I'm with client meetings, I don't want to worry too much, right? And I want to have a couple of glasses of wine and have, I don't know, a great steak with a lot of butter on it. And that's fine. And that trade-off means that I'm at 85 kg and that works for me. Uh, so you, you just pick what works for you, right? But you are right. Initially, you've got to do a bit of work just to, just to get to a stage where, A, you're confident with your own ability and knowledge that you now know what's going on you now know the causes and effects right and b um yep. you've got that proof of concept that, yeah you've done it you've earned your stripes if you're yeah i think you have to also be self-aware enough to know where you sit on that scale i think again there was self-awareness with knowing when to stop and not pursue that photo goal there's self-awareness now in knowing that like you said i don't want to make these sacrifices and unfortunately it does mean that i have to be a little two kilos heavier but the beauty is that i put that work in and i am still in shape i'm not you know ripped per se but i'm still in shape and i think that a lot of people will gain a lot of value from just determining 
okay, where do I really want to be? And almost let your actions speak for you as well, right? Because I think we all talk a good game, but if you actually look at your efforts and your actions, you'll soon see like where you sit on that scale and what's more of a priority to you. And I think then just accepting that, you know, as long as it's not putting you in an unhealthy position, if you can just accept that, then you're going to be, you're actually going to be way happier because then you won't feel like you, you won't feel like you're getting the best of either world. So you'll try to get the best of both worlds, but you won't get the best of either. Yeah. No. And plus it's like, also you can, you can vary things, right? Like during Christmas, you can say, look, this is a conscious decision I'm making to maybe eat a bit more. And then before, I don't know, your summer holidays, you, you have those tools in your toolkit. They've been polished. You've used those same tools in the past. And then you can say, you know what? From my experience, I know that if I want a beach board, it'll take me three weeks or four weeks. And again, you've been through, you, you've earned your stripes. And now you're able to do that, right? Where at times, if you need to be more flexible, you can do that. And But again, this comes with experience. This comes with a big body of knowledge sort of uh, in your toolkit. and you need to be able to sort of create that toolkit that it just doesn't come overnight, right? So you need to put in the work. Trust me, you'll then be able to uh, reap those rewards for, for all of your life. So the earlier you start, the earlier you get all of that underneath your belt. And there are no shortcuts, right? There are no shortcuts whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's such a valuable thing to mention is that when people ask me, they're like, do you ever worry? Like, you know, in the quarantine period, you're worried you're going to lose muscle. I'm like, no, you know, and like, neither should you because of A, I'm not going to ever stop training. Like, I know that I'm going to do that. And B, I've built muscle in the past. So this might be a one and a half year period out of my entire life. And, you know, the same if you go through an injury as well, it sucks. And you might not be able to train as much and you might be getting fluffier or softer than you want to be. but you know you have those tools in your toolkit now. And like you said, you just, it's just a case of bringing those back out and utilizing them, but you have to acquire those tools first. So I think that's a good message to end on. So Kvavil, where do you see your fitness being in 10 years time? Yeah, look, this journey's changed my life, right? For sure. So I think the way I see it is I want to be in shape for the rest of my life. And I just want to make sure I live a balanced life. I never, ever want to go to where I was before. So where I am mm. right now, I think that that's how I'd like to maintain it. And I know that I can maintain it because it doesn't take more than two hours per week. And again, the rewards that I'm getting in life for those two hours, it just, it's just bonkers, right? So yeah, in 10 years time, where I am right now, there'll be times where I'll be leaner because I just maybe need a challenge in life. And there'll be times where I'll maybe go a bit uh, sort of softer. So as long as I'm in shape, as long as I feel good with myself, as long as I, I look in the mirror and I'm okay with it, I think yeah, I'll, I'll let that sort of my feelings judge it. But I don't want to be too prescriptive yeah. in that way. Yeah. And what's the next big fitness goal on the horizon for you? Now that I can do a few things, um, I don't know. So next year, I want to do a few things like doing the Inca Trail, maybe doing base camp in Everest, but also things like doing a marathon, something like that. Again, this is so new to me, right? I couldn't do a press-up before. So now the world's my oyster, right? So I'm just going to try and see what I can do. And I'll, I'll always need to push myself in life. I already know that about myself. So I think those two or three things are on the horizon for next year. And then I'll see how it goes. But uh, with fitness, you can push yourself as much as you want, right? Again, you pick the challenge you want in life. And that's the beauty of this. Yeah, that's my favorite part of fitness is that you can never complete it. You know, you might run a marathon, but you can run a second quicker. You know, there's there's always going to be a different challenge to take on. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think signing yourself up for voluntary struggle when it comes to your physical has... I know, funnily enough, I was speaking to someone about this recently. I think it's innate. I think there's something very primal about us. And the fact that life is getting easier from a convenience perspective and we're very sedentary, I think there's almost a need, you know, like a deep evolutionary need for us to embrace all of that. So I'm glad to see you doing it. And is there any closing messages that you want to leave the listeners with today who are at all stages of their journey? What is the main message that you want to leave with people? You, you decide what's best for you, right? So I'm not here to lecture you in any way, shape or form. I can only tell <laughs> you what worked for me. For me, this was one of, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. I wish I made it sooner. And if you're anything like me or the average person, you would have wished you made that decision sooner if you don't make that decision today. 
And again, just just pick your difficulty level, make it work around you. But yeah, I, I'd say just start today rather than tomorrow. And that's the message I'd leave people with. But yeah, take, take what you will from that. Hey, that's a great message. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you, have a chat with you about this conversation, maybe pick your brains on health and fitness? Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know Instagram maybe. If you DM me on yeah. on, on that, yeah, uh, I'll I put think, it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it's. Oh my god, I don't even know my Instagram. I think it's Cobbles C ninety two. So K A W A L C ninety two. But I'll, I'll double check that, and then maybe you can put it in the show notes or something. So happy to speak uh, to anyone about it that needs any sort of help or guidance or anything, and. I know a few people have reached out to you already through the entire journey. And I just hope, yeah, more people do it, man. I, I, I really, I really think you'd add a lot of value to a lot of people. So I just hope people take you up on that offer, I guess. Thank you. And so I think your journey's had an incredible knock-on effect as well. We've worked with a lot of people who have followed in your footsteps and had a tremendous amount of success. A couple of people who I can think of who are coming to mind now as well. So I'm glad that you have been the inspiration for them. And I want to thank you for all the inspiration, knowledge, and everything that you've offered today. And also for allowing us to be a part of your journey because it's been incredibly fulfilling and rewarding to work with you, to work with someone who's so invested and introspective. So yeah, thank you. And um, thank you for living the teachings and being able to pass them on so so effortlessly now no 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 look the pleasure is all mine you've you've really changed my life and i want to see my friends and i want to just see people in general do well in life you know and i think there's nothing more powerful than that so I'll, i'll just leave it at that yeah i just hope people for me it changed my life and if it can do anything similar to other people i, I mean more power to you guys Kavo chola ladies and gentlemen thank you for being here Kavo. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. To reach out to me on social media, you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elia Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.